0: Everybody, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. It is June the 7th of 2017, and it's time for Weekly Manga Recap. How's it going, Chris? What was that? What was that? That going? That? Okay. I said uh, a string of words and then what's going, Chris?
1: I was confused for a moment. I was like, Nick, I, I don't know how you knew of my Czechoslovakian roots, but I will not tolerate yes, that, that kind of offensive right. language. <laughs> we were a proud people, and so... I forget where they became now. I don't know. The
0: Slovaks and the Ch- checkers people. They were Czech, and then, then they were Slovak, and then they were Czech and Slovak, and then they were, Czechoslovak, and then they were Czechoslovakian,
1: and then they were Czech. <laughs> it's some Ottoman Empire, I don't really know anymore. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: I'm doing good, Nick. I'm doing good. How about yourself? Uh, how's uh, how's it been going since you shit on another beloved anime series? <laughs> <laughs> it's not an anime. It doesn't
0: have an anime. Okay.
1: Yet. I, I, a beloved manga series, then.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, for those of you who missed uh, the talk about it, uh, last time I, uh, got recruited by Anime News Network to, uh, participate in their Spring Manga Guide, which is a set of, uh, short reviews of a bunch of different manga, specifically first volumes of manga new releases. Uh, I had some good things to say about some, I had some bad things to say about others. If I had to, uh, give a really short, uh, list of like, you should definitely go and read these, it would be, uh, Golden Kamui and, uh, my lesbian experience with loneliness for very different reasons. Going comedy is like the kind of thing that we would normally like talk about and be like, this is amazing. This is awesome. My lesbian experience is kind of just this heartbreaking, real, uh, biographical thing, uh, that deals with depression and sexuality and, and is, you know, a real thing that happened. Mm-hmm. But I also shit on a few series because I was just being honest uh, and honestly, a few things that I was kind of surprised, like, I really didn't like Dragon Ball Super, uh, just because of the way that it's uh, paced out, because it's meant specifically to just kind of, like, try and keep pace with the anime, which is impossible. Um, but uh, then there was one called Aho Girl, which is about an asshole, stupid girl that is stupid and a jerk, <laughs> and isn't funny. Um, and the other one... And when I first announced, uh, after one of the recent streams that we did, like in the last couple of weeks or so, that I was going to be doing this, someone said, specifically, you better not talk shit about Delicious in Dungeon. And I talked shit about Delicious in Dungeon. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Delicious in Dungeon is basically like uh about, essentially, a Dungeons and Dragons group that comes up with the idea to uh, save money and time by not going... To town and buying food, but instead to eat the monsters in the dungeon they're journeying through. Mm. That's the premise for it. I don't like it; it's not funny, it's stupid. <laughs> but a lot of people really like it. To give you an idea, though, one of the other reviewers gave it a five out of five. I gave it a one out of five.
1: Well, so, it, was, it was polarizing too, because there's there three re- th- three reviewers, and the other one,
0: uh, the other reviewer, gave it a two, I believe. So you gave it like a two or maybe two and a half. So someone in the middle, someone in the, on the bad, and someone on the good. I think she might have been two. I think you might be right though. So even,
1: even then, it's still the idea that it's not you know, it's not as though they were both fives and you were just the one grumpy shithead. It. Like, I, I hate
2: your fun.
0: I hate it. So I'm gonna get in some. Annalise and I were already <laughs> not on the best terms when it comes to agreeing about certain manga. Black Clover. And, uh, so, yep. <laughs> there we are. I, you know, I, I think we ought to have Annalise on the show again
1: sometime soon so she can, uh, hash it out with you. You guys can, uh, can bury the hatchet,
0: so to speak. And this is not a basilisk. This is a cockatrice. It's not a basilisk. I don't care that you say it's like a cockatrice. That's not a basilisk. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I watched... wouldn't. I wouldn't care if I weren't so bored and angry. Like by the time that they sit, called it a basilisk, I like, "It's not a basilisk. Girl, this mug sucks." <laughs> it was such a such a giant RPG dork. <laughs> I uh
1: I like specifically. Uh, how you explained it too, that you were recruited to do it. Because in my mind, I immediately got like, uh, like Samuel L. Jackson Avengers, like, after credit scene vibe from that. Like, you were in your room, like, you just finished that weekly manga recap and you turned, and Zach from ANN was like, We'd like to recruit you to a manga <laughs> review series. You'll be teaming up alongside a robot <laughs> and a dog who can speak Russian.
0: You're like, huh? It was really just, like, just like, Hey, We've had you write it for us before, and you read manga. Would you like to do this? And I'm like, sure, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> the next time you tell that story,
1: flavor it up a little bit more. Flavor like Yeah, like, he, he came to you as you I were, was, like, holding on. I was, going, on. Into my, I was
0: <laughs> going into my garage to finish up my next Iron Man suit.
1: <laughs> yeah, you were, like, hanging from a clip, and you, like, were, like holding a child with one hand, and you're just like, ah, you hurled the child up, and then just, like, Super flipped yourself up on there, and then he was there and he's like, How would you like to review manga on our website for the summer? <laughs> and you were like, Yes. <laughs>
0: Zach's just like Thor and Captain America as one person or some shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's a lot of things, yeah. He's he's all the cool parts, and then you're just like, <laughs> Oh, replica Rabbit, that's awful.
0: Nick is Iron Manga. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they like, like, sorry, Nick, the only outfit we have left for you is Black Widow. Squeeze into this skin-tight black <laughs>
0: catsuit. It wouldn't suit. be so bad if Natasha Romanoff were above, like, 5'4". <laughs> <laughs> You're
1: like, you also need to fell out her hips, too. You're like, why? Oh, that's never going to happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, well. On the least, that's not a basilisk. A basilisk is a fucking snake.
1: <laughs> oh, you know what? Here's the thing, when, when I was kinda of prepping different things for, uh, Trollity trivia topics, I asked Annalise if there was anything, like any topic she found herself very competent, uh, competent in, and she mentioned mythology. So this might be a real fight. What if she drops the knowledge on you there? She's like, well, actually, in the true Greco-Roman interpretation of the basilisk, it was a chicken originally. Then derived... it's not
0: a chicken. It's a lizard. It doesn't fucking matter. It's not a chicken with a chicken. She's like, then
1: it derived later into the form commonly known as a lizard-based basilisk. But I want her to drop this knowledge. I want to see what happens. This is is interesting. Fuck
0: it. (laughs) I'll see what happens. Oh, man. Like I said, I literally would not have cared if I hadn't had gone through like up to that point, like two or three chapters of boredom, then be like,
2: "It's not Brusilovski; it's a cockatrice!
0: <laughs> just screaming angrily at your computer. I hate you. I like I got angry about it, and then I slept, and I was like, "I can't believe I got that angry about it." <laughs> but I'm gonna put that in the fucking review. <laughs> it pissed me off that badly that I got upset about something so minor. <laughs> Like literally, if I if it if it were more entertaining to me, I would have been like, okay, that's a different interpretation of it. Mythological beasts that are you know thousands of years old get reinterpreted millions of fucking times. Then I was like, no, <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> I like to think that's just what you get eventually after you like are infuriated to a certain extent. Like if like uh, you were like waiting in line at subway, it was taking too long, someone steps on the back of their foot, to, like, sir, would you like let us on? And you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> They're like, sir, I don't know what's happening, but g- can we get you anything else? Like, no! No! Let's
0: turn this whiny ass on. Yeah, you
2: know <laughs> oh, wrong! It's not right!
1: <laughs> Basilisks are lizards! <laughs> She's like, I don't know what you mean. Can I finish this sub and get you out? <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. I'm just giving you a shit ton of tuna fish and mayonnaise. <laughs>
0: Oh, man, boy. All right, so... <sighs> Let's talk about the manga, then. <laughs> All right. Uh We actually don't have as much manga as we normally do, uh, because Crunchyroll didn't update stuff, I guess. I don't know exactly what's going on, but...
1: Yeah, I wasn't uh, entirely sure. They didn't, there wouldn't seem to be any reason why. I don't know if this is maybe, like, a delayed version of their Golden Week um because sometimes they'll still put out chapters during that period um regardless I'm sure somebody either on YouTube or something like that will let us know the details of it but for anyone listening to this there's no fairy tale this week nor will there be any seven deadly
0: sins which means that it's that Nick does all the talking basically this time well you hey, go, we, 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 you, go, we you go we never we learn. but I <laughs> never learned yeah
1: and uh for anyone wondering uh we are not doing death note this week I think death note will probably be next week though it's a busy time for both of us right now so mm-hmm. fine so-
0: that in. With that said, let's do the recap portion of Weekmonger Recap and everyone in the chat, just ignore all the links that are being thrown around. It's all propaganda. It's fake, it, it's fake mythos. It, it, none of it's wow. real. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, last time on My Hero Academia, uh, we were getting a big focus on uh, Sun Eater and yes. uh, we get a flashback this time to explain more about the relationship between Amajiki and Mirio. And it's kind of intercut between the current goings-on. Uh, so I think that we'll mostly focus on the action. Uh, at first, we will just ignore the fact that it's like, oh, hey, this little kid befriended this other little kid. Anyway, let's go over to, you know, guns and swords being thrown around with the guy who has his shell and squid tentacles and stuff. <laughs>
1: As we want to. This is Japan. Why would we not move on to that first?
0: So Sun Eater tells everyone that he's going to handle these three bullets that have them cornered uh, and uh, let everyone else move on. Uh Aizawa uses his negation ability to cancel out their quirks briefly. uh And uh, fat, gu- fat Gum also gets in the way so that they're like, oh, shit, well, our guns and swords aren't going to work. Uh, and everyone's like, okay, come on, let's, let's take these guys out, but finally Sunnyer just leaps in, uh, he does this kind of somersaulting clamshell thing, and while he's rolling past them, he also grabs them with squid tentacles. He also briefly mentions what the guy's quirks actually are, including larceny, crystallize, and food. Uh, so he wraps them up and he says, "Hey, go t- t- times of the essence. We can't spend our time going with these guys. So just go, Fat Gum. I can keep these three occupied by myself." And Fat Gum backs him up on- at that point, and uh, he says, "Yeah, all right. We, can- I-, I trust in him. We can do. He can do this." Uh, Aizawa knocks out one of the guys. Was he? He punches the guy with the hood whose ability is eat. I think he's trying to knock him out. Uh yeah.
1: Yeah, he essentially tries to take out one of them, uh but it, it doesn't work completely. Like they're trying he n- to knock him into the wall. Yeah. He like hits him really hard in the head, like he does one of those like baff things and oh god, oh those is now Nicky have to do the show show.
0: Uh. Well with, with how much they've actually got them currently disabled with their quirks disabled through Aizawa. Their arms are wrapped up with Sun Eater. You think that it really wouldn't take too much more time for them to just to go bonk, bonk, bonk.
1: Handcuff but... them or whatever. I guess you need to do. I, I guess the notion is that they don't. Handcuffing
0: them, I guess, could take a little bit more time, but it really seems like you know, it's not. It seems like they're like, no, every single goddamn second counts. So go, go, go.
1: Yeah, which which does make sense. This is a big emergency, Um, and these aren't the targets they're here for. You know, they have gotcha. that. But, uh, yeah, it did, it did seem weird how efficiently they seem to subdue them to this point. And, uh, Sun Eater's just like, no, you have to go now. I'd be like, if it were me, I'd be like, oh, I mean, they really kind of got most of... 90% of the work's done. Let's just snap this, wrap this up, and then I'll be alone. Because I get scared these <laughs> Uh,
0: yeah. So, the Sun Eater, with the guy slumped against the wall with his squid tentacles around him, is like, okay, I'll do with these guys. Gonna deal with these guys. Oh, wait, I should knock them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just kind of holds it for a while. He, he does finally, like, start to rear back on them, but he really seems like he's holding them there for... Uh, it, so it seems like he... I guess what you could argue is that he's prioritizing letting the other heroes get by first before he decides to take action to knock them out. Yeah. That's the only thing that I can make.
1: Although I do love the panel, <clears throat> excuse me, the panel where Larseny like, charges forward. So he just, like, fucking tentacle punches him. <laughs> <laughs> There's just something very amusing about the way that looks. i like, the bonk, like the tentacle punch. <laughs> uh,
0: Larseny though, also has a hidden blade, which he's hiding inside of his mask. So that manages to buy them a little bit of freedom. Additionally, the crystallized guy, uh, well, starts to crystallize, so he's able to break free of the tentacles as well, and so Sun Eater is losing his advantage as they get their quirks back, including he's get, he gets his shell armor stolen off of him by the larceny ability, which, uh, they say is says, uh, will steal a person's equipment, and he's like, oh, I guess my shell counts as equipment then, which, I guess... Why not? It's a it, bit of a it, weird thing because he can grow parts of what he eats, but. It,
1: it, it's a very, uh, video gamey kind of power though. Like, it's like yeah. he, he's like a thief in an RPG, like, I just stole your potion or something like that. Cause it's just like, what apply, like, if he were to be fighting against, uh, the millionaire, like, what would he, like, he'd be like, I guess your mask or something like that? Does it only yeah. apply to heroes with paraphernalia of some fashion?
0: Uh, I mean, I guess his 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 uniform doesn't really serve any particular function, except I guess he's got a bunch of pouches, which I assume he stores food in. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But yeah, you're right. It is very video gamey. Like you know, it's like you know when you have Kirby in in Super Smash Bros. which ability does does Kirby steal the B? Okay, but is there any logic behind, you know, one doing the Falcon Punch or one doing Samus' charge shot or one doing Mario's fucking Fireball?
1: <laughs> it's even strange because even uh, Sun Eater doesn't get it. He's like, he steals a person's equipment. I guess my shell counts as equipment. Like, even he's I like, guess. this seems like horseshit, shit, but whatever. God damn it. <laughs> I guess there's no one I can argue with because I'm in the series.
0: <laughs> so uh, Sun Eater starts to get his shit kicked in. And at this point, he has a more in-depth flashback of when they were in middle school? High school?
2: Um. I don't know. It seems to be. <laughs> Early
0: in
1: high school? I think this is the start of the Hero Academy, because it looks like the start, like, the first test they're doing is essentially like, the start of the Hero exam. Yes, yeah, so I they think this is supposed quirks, to be, so. uh, what's the name of the Academy? It's not called My Hero Academy, is it? U.A. <laughs> UA. U.A. U.A. So I think this is supposed to be, like, the start of U.A. Or mm. time timing U.A. That would make sense.
0: So we see that, uh... Amajiki is trying to, uh... Manifest something. But he's only got, like, a little bit of potential coming out of the back of his hand. Meanwhile, Mirio is... Pretty hilariously trying to, you know... Go intangible through a wall. And his hands go through But then he fucking slams his face into the board. <laughs> um... But Mirio is, stay, is staying optimistic, they're like, ah, I'll just pull it off properly next time. And so they cut to later when they're walking home from school, and Amaji's like, oh, I can't do anything, but you're incredible. You're going to be a great hero someday. You know, I, I can't think about anything except for failing, though. And Mirio says, hey, you know, you, you give me way too much credit, though. See, the reason I work so hard is because I've got you by my side, Tamaki. I'm not really all that strong, but when I see you out there all nervous, but you refuse to back down anyway. I just feel like I don't want to lose to you. Uh, which is kind of a cool thing. You know, Mirio sees the best in him, you know, that he's very nervous about this, but he sees that he's got a determination not to give up. And so it's like, okay, I've got to work that much harder, you know? So, um, but then we get a cool moment from earlier on uh, where they're discussing and, like basically around the time that they first met and Mirio said, deep down you've got real talent. The truth is, you're a fun guy with a bright side of your own. And Tamaki says, right, let me borrow that word you use, you're gonna be even greater than any regular old sun. You're gonna outshine any sun out there. So, with that Tamaki's like, oh, well then I can't let that down. So in order to outshine any sun, he will become the sun eater. And, uh, well remembering this, he, seems to turn his fingers into crab claws, which is pretty ridiculous. It's pretty awesome.
1: First of all, I I like the explanation behind the name. Like, it's one of those things Mm -hmm. that clearly, like, it was planned ahead of time. It was like, it was just like, Sun Eater, I'll figure out what it means later, or something like that. (laughs) Right. And I I do like the little notion of, like, you know, I know that you're you're usually, like, the sad, downtrodden one, but you don't realize that you're a bright guy, like, you're a fun person with a bright side all of your own. Like it, it does go to show that there's like a real relationship between these two that you can uh kind of see now coming into light um and again it's one of those things where I really hope they kind of add that third element that in for the female member of that group uh to kind of add to the idea that these three are really like a tight knit like group that you know enhances and supports one another uh but I really do this like that final panel where his fingers have turned into like crab claws with like little octopus suction cups in between like it just looks like a really cool visual.
0: There is yeah, one- So actually like, actually combining the things that he's manifested together.
1: Yeah, it seems very cool. Uh, but there's one odd element of this chapter. I didn't even really notice it the first time, but I, I notice it now. So the villains, uh, particularly the larceny guy starts bragging about how they had given up on life and they tried to kill themselves, but a hero saved them and that just made them more depressed. But then the young boss found them and found, gave them a new use for old garbage, as they say. -hmm. And it's like a weird side, like a weird story to kind of give them without a whole lot of like explanation behind it. it's almost as though I would rather they not had any kind of like explanation as for why they, it just seems so strange to be like, we tried to kill ourselves, but a hero saved us. And oh, how bad that made us felt. Like I, <laughs> look, I'm not, I'm not immune to the idea that I know that there is some level of sadness to when somebody's like, I couldn't, like I couldn't even take my own life. That sucks or whatever. But it just seems like a heavier, like more intricate topic than to just give them in a throwaway explanation for why they're with this guy in three panels. <laughs> I'd have been like, I don't know, uh, I like stealing shit! Getting- My guess- power is the larceny! I'm a bad guy, what do you want me to do?
0: I guess it's because he's, they're not particularly important characters, but I do, I do agree that it seems kind of very quick, uh, an explanation there. Yeah. It, made, it made far more sense in The Incredibles when the guy was like, you didn't ask to be saved and he got all these injuries when you caught him while he was throwing himself off the building!
1: <laughs> yeah, like there's nothing to that extent, it's just like, they're like, oh, grumble, grumble, grumble.
0: I wanted to give myself I wanted to kill myself, but then I couldn't kill myself. But then this guy came along and gave me a reason to live.
1: It's okay. Like, Alright. I mean it it does fit the idea that uh Hisaki kind of, uh kind of like or overhaul, whatever his real name is, I forget it at the moment. Um uh, but Overhaul kind of like gravitoids uh and kind of finds people to be followers of his and makes them into pawns, more or less. So I don't know. It, it's it was just one of those things that i, like, I only noticed on our reread here that i was like huh that is a strange little thing to throw in there
0: mm. all right so we have no fairy tale this week no we did not uh, so we are instead going to jump into boruto uh so last time you may recall that uh, tento the uh daimyo's son who boruto was finally getting along with it turned out his butler was like the leader of some sort of gang of criminals, and we get more of that this time. In The Value of a Hidden Ace. Uh, so we start off with this meeting that Konohamaru has with uh, his team, saying that they're going to start taking on a B-rank mission. And, uh, there's a weird kind of note because they're like, oh yeah, well right when you started off, Gara, the current Kage, he could take on B-rank missions no problem. But, you know, if you take on B rank missions, that means if you succeed, then yeah, you'll get people giving you credit. But if you fail, then that means that you'll have even lower credibility. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. Like I always thought missions more so related to their risk. So it's one of those yeah, things that you'd almost, that you'd almost assume like it's a B rank. Like if you fail, it's like, yeah, I mean, you might get bumped down. You're more likely going to be dead, but uh in case you can't yeah. come home and fuck up. I do get what they're saying, but uh I, I found it more curious.
0: Well, I, I, guess, I guess the idea is that they've been entrusted with a more important and more difficult mission, therefore, I guess that they... Well, no, because if they fail an easier mission, that means... That, that doesn't make sense, Kotohamaru. You're a bad sensei. <laughs>
1: It's that idea of being like, I guess if they fail a mission, it proves that they're not ready. And then with that, you have to kind of earn the respect to get to that point again kind of deal. But I found it a little bit more strange when they came in and Sarda's like, so wait, you're not going to make us clean your office again. I'm like, because they almost insinuate that if they fail the mission, that's what they'll go back to doing. And it's like, wait, what? (laughs) Is that what like the fucking C rank missions are? Clean my room. (laughs)
2: do take out my trash and
1: they're like wait are we just is is the low rank ninjas just essentially like disguised indentured servitude to you guys <laughs> like what the fuck they're like yeah once you graduate from that then you fucking you fight awesome ninjas it's just those are the two levels you you clean my shit and then you fight awesome ninjas
0: no scrub no scrub my back <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah i got i got a bunch of back
1: pimples pop them <laughs> like Ugh. Uh,
0: there's also a little moment because, uh, you know, he builds up like, oh, hey, you know, or Mitsuki rather mentions, oh, Lord Kazakage would clear B-Rag missions again in two. And so Sarada's like, oh, wow. Well, if I fall on the steps of Lord Kazakage, that's great for a Hokage in training. And Boruto's like, yeah, let's do this. A difficulty level that old man Gara handled. That's awesome. Mitsuki doesn't think anything about it. Just gonna, yep. Mitsuki I'm here has,
1: too. Mitsuki has like no info to add to any scene. He's never the guy to, like, say something or respond to a comment. He... It, it, like, count the number of times he has a dialogue bubble in this entire exchange. I think the insinuation, I don't think, is that he says anything when they're walking into the office. He doesn't respond to anything in the office except to the comment of, it's not that rare, basically explaining the Gara part. Then has
0: nothing That's else... That's literally it. He doesn't yes, yeah, any- sir. He doesn't have any banter. Yeah, like, he he just has nothing to say in these scenes, more or less. So, I mean, like, and you can have a character where that's kind of the point of them, but it doesn't really feel like it is with him. It sort of feels like they're kind of going for a little bit like how Sai was when he teamed with Sakura and Naruto. But Sai would make, you know, weirdly inappropriate comments, and that he could contribute humor to a situation in that way. But, I just, yeah. I just forget Mitsuki's there most of the yeah. time. Like I'm just like, oh right, there's a third member of their group
1: who has no aspirations that we can really tell, has no real, like, personality about things, like he doesn't, like we know what the other two will want but to do. But he's the moon, Chris! <laughs> he's the moon, to Barto's son! <laughs> I guess that I'm sure it's something that will develop over time, and we'll find out what that it, it entails. But as it is now, I'm
0: just like, oh right, you're third person. So a weird thing happens because you're the, you're the, of- you're
1: the Jinder Mahal of this three
0: man band. <laughs> you're just there, and then
1: <laughs> six years from now, you get to be champion.
0: <laughs> Heath Slater, beloved underground babyface. Drew McIntyre, beloved indie darling. Jinder Mahal steroids. <laughs> <laughs> there! <laughs> sorry, sorry. Eats a lot. Yeah, that's it. Vein popping out everywhere. All right. The <laughs> Jinder Mahal comments will stop when he's no longer the fucking WWE champion. <laughs> All right. Boruto walks around on the street. He reaches into his jacket pocket and realizes that Tento slipped in the rare card that he was talking about. And he's like... You know, this is really nice, but I really should just give this back because I told him I didn't want it. And, you know, I know that he was just trying to sneak it to me, but you know, no, I still don't accept this. So he sneaks off to, uh, the building where the Daimyo's family is staying, uh, which has a very <laughs> kind of crudely drawn advertising sign. It's just goes, eh, oh, no, Javi. <laughs>
1: I'm like, You motherfuckers have televisions at this point. It's like a
0: Flintstone sign out
1: front. (laughs) I'm like, you motherfuckers have televisions at this point. You can't be doing this shit for nice fucking hotels.
0: (laughs) It's a four-star resort. Would be five stars, but Jesus Christ, that sign out front.
1: (laughs) They're like, exquisite service, fantastic rooms, everything's perfect. The sign, though, is, it's so strange. It's so crude. (laughs) Like, like, hold on, I don't want to be like rude when I ask this. Did someone's like kid really like, control this for like a contest, and that's why it's, like, so hideous and ugly, and they have to kind of use it? Is that what's happening? Did, like, a dying kid make this his last wish? Is that what's happening here?
0: So, Boruto wanders around the balconies of this via, and happens to stumble across Exposition, uh, where the daimyo is talking with a bunch of followers about, uh, how Tento has been kidnapped by Mujina uh, Group of criminals, uh, their demands are that they want a shit ton of money and also that all detainees being held in Hozuki Castle, Supermax Prison, be released. Was this a thing? Like,
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is like one of those things I didn't get the reference, but I guess it's just the idea, like, expand upon the world. I kind of like this notion, like, we're very clearly, like, we knew after last chapter that uh, this was an inside job. Like, it's not just someone kidnapping him for no reason, so we get the impression here that this is like a, hey, get my guys out kind of thing, and I kind of like that, but it is one of those things I was just like, I don't... Like, I guess this is a new place. It's a big deal here. I don't know.
0: I guess this is their Wreckers Island. I don't know. Korea Prime suggests that there was a movie that referenced it, but oh, okay. Uh, from the fourth
1: Naruto movie? uh Prison from filler episodes? Eh, what are you gonna do? All right, you know what? I don't have time for all these fucking...
0: Tertiary Naruto things, so the the guy just says, All right, we should prepare the money, and we should meet with them and basically try and negotiate because obviously this sucks, but we can't just release all those prisoners <laughs> um, and uh so someone says, Should we alert the ninja and he's like, No, because they could be watching our every movement. Are every movements. Meanwhile, a blonde ninja in an orange jacket is dashing around just outside their room. Apparently, he doesn't get spotted. So Boruto does a stupid thing. He goes to Sarada's, and Sarada is in pseudo underwear in her room. You know, um, I-, I didn't want to assume that's what it
1: is. But it's, it's worth noting that it's, dis- like, deliberately, it's, it, it isn't like a, a costume change. It's not the same thing she always wears. And it's right. also worth noting that Naruto doesn't come into the room. So it's, it, it's not enough that I'm just like, ew, it's a weird scene of a girl in her underwear, but it's just one of those things where I'm just like, I don't get what I'm, I, I guess it just seems strange to me, that like you, you pointed this just out. Weird, yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know what the point of this is. Like, would it have been that strange if she was in her house, like, in her fucking regular attire doing this? Can, or is, I mean, or look, is there meant to be like some sexual tension to this or something? Like romantic well, look, tension? I don't
0: know. Girls wear comfortable clothing in the privacy of their own homes, as they fucking should. It's just kind of weird that we see this, you know. It's just a little weird and it's like just skimpy enough to make me go. Is that supposed to be to the <laughs>
1: I, I don't find it, too. I'm just, I'm confused as to what the purpose well, not, was. Well, not to
0: us, but I mean to, you know, the demographic that would read this, so. Possibly. I don't know. Anyway, she's practicing her kunai throw skills. skills. Uh, when Barto knocks on her window, Barto says, I can't go on the B-rank mission. And Sarai's so like, something important came up? Yeah. Something you can't talk about? Yeah. Okay. Mitsuki and I will handle it. You go take care of that. So you know, a cool little moment where, that shows the trust between them. Um, but why did Boruto tell anyone else about this?
1: In what way? Like you mean, like not telling Konohamaru or anything? Well,
0: yeah. Or see, not telling people to bring help. Well, we'll see. The thing is, he goes off and just excuses his absence, which okay, I get that. But specifically, the daimyo's like, we can't inform the ninja because they'll be watching our every movement. Boruto gets off to the village easily without apparently alerting anyone because he shows up later to save the day. But he doesn't think, hey, maybe I should go and get my team. Or, hey, maybe I should go and get some actual professional ninja to handle this goddamn situation.
1: What was kind of strange is because, uh, you know, i don't have to jump ahead, but Naruto shows up at the end of this chapter <laughs> where Tento Naruto. is. <laughs> Sorry, Boruto. I don't fucking... They're the same goddamn character to me, all right? <laughs> Boruto, make a name that's different than just the same name but with a B, all right? I, Call uh, your kids. I'm not not—I'm not good with names, Nick. What do you want from me? All right. Boruto shows up at the end of this chapter to say Tento. Going to Sarada's house to be like, hey, I'm not going to be at the mission, and then being able to show up at the place that would seem to only, like, be relevant, indicate, like if he was going to be... Like, if the mission was about to start, I guess, two hours from now, and he's like, hey, I won't be there. Like, it's one of those things where the only reason he would need to tell the team, like, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it is if he's like, hey, me showing up at this warehouse might take a couple hours or I'm just going to be too tired from this to help out on the mission. Like, I... I'm just like I don't see how this too connect. but I think what's strange to me is like it didn't really have a whole lot of weight since we only found out about this mission that much earlier, like it does, as you said, go to show the trust that they have between them, but I'm just like it's not as though Naruto or Boruto making this sacrifice has this tremendous weight to it because like he's making this big sacrifice for this b rank mission that they've been training for forever. I'm like, they've out about this like earlier today or something like that. <laughs> So it's just one of those things where I was like, I don't really get all of this, and it's it's partially, I guess, because this is a, a monthly series, so a lot of the narrative is kind of delivered to us at once, and there wasn't like time to put that out beforehand. But yeah, I definitely didn't feel a whole lot of like emotions when Boruto shows up to be like, "Can you take care of this mission? I got something to do." I'm more concerned is Serada eating her glasses in that last panel? It looks like she's eating her glasses. That's a really bad habit. All right, I did that when I was a kid. And every nun slapped me. <laughs> All of them. That's a, that gets you to think about Satan. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you got time to chew on your glass, you got time to think about Jesus. I'm like, oh, I do so much already.
0: So, we cut over to where Tento's being held captive. Uh-huh. And uh, Yamaoka, his butler guy, is like, ah, it's time to reveal myself. And bah! And he releases this jutsu, which is actually, uh, a disguise, revealing that he's actually Carl from Aqua Hunger Force. Uh. He explains. The real Yamayoka's dead, long dead.
1: That's my stone cold lock in a century. Oh, the weak. Oh, the weak. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, fuck it, look at him. The chain, the hairy chest. The fatness, like the clearly very overweightness.
0: <laughs> Fine, man, I'm going to go kidnap the daimyo son.
1: <laughs> I, whatever. It doesn't even matter to me anymore, I guess. <laughs> Don't I'm go to my pool. I'm going to eat you now. I'm going to eat your brain.
0: Oh, yeah. let's go brains right oh, there. dick.
2: feel like Florida. I'm a
0: jukebox hero. <laughs> Anyway, he explains that he used a forbidden jutsu that devours a target's form, memories, and abilities, along with the target's life. So basically, he ate the guy and was thus able to pass as him because he could perfectly mimic him. Uh, so the guy's real name is Shoujoji. Uh, and he introduced himself as, And despite my looks, I'm one of them ninja that you love so much. <laughs> Where's my card? They're like, well
1: actually, here's your first card and then here's the one that just fits your belly on it because it was too big for one card. It's like, oh, that hurts so much. You're so, you're so cruel
2: with your words. I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat you now. To eat this card. Um. <laughs> I'm gonna eat
0: you now. <laughs> Taking your card publishing abilities. Um. So, um, he says that Uh, Tento is their reward for this job. You always say you want to become a cow with the amazing ninja. What a freaking joke, fool. Best you can hope to be is a bag and chip to use against a daimyo. yo. And, um, but when he drops Tento to the floor, the super secret rare ultra special mint condition sparkly hollow, comes with a comes with a fucking dildo I don't know <laughs> 7th Hokage Usimaki Naruto card
2: is that what Naruto or Yu-Gi-Oh cards back in the day
1: came with it's been a while but
0: <laughs> listen Chris I don't I want to talk about what I got into when I was 14 okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're like if you lose this duel you go to the shadow realm and it's just a chair with a dildo on just a shadow realm but <laughs> not in a crayon <laughs> you're just like I hate going to the shadow realm because <laughs> <laughs> well, you're 14 you're a
0: kid still <laughs> <laughs> fucking 14 year old were you like <laughs>
1: one with very poor penmanship
0: <laughs> oh one day I'll stay inside the lines <laughs> <laughs> one day I'll cut a line straight without a ruler <laughs> So, uh as he drops to the floor, the super-secret, rare, ultra-special 7th Hokage Uzumaki Naruto card comes out of his pocket, along with a single ninja star. So, Tento gets determined and holds out the shuriken like it's a gun. <laughs> it's just kind of a really weird kind of thing for him to do.
1: Don't move! Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, even if he rushed at you, like, how would you throw it like that to be in any way effective? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna throw it with my dreams, god damn it! I'll throw it
0: with my heart like Zoro.
1: I'm like, you know what? I guess he's got me there.
0: So, Tento says, no one who ever knowledge scum like you as a ninja, and that's why you don't have an X card either. Uh, so, Tento prepares to, I believe, commit suicide. Uh, cause it looks like he's moving the shuriken towards his neck. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's what he's doing. Yeah. But, uh, fake Yamaoka, Shujo, whatever, Carl, uh, rushes forward and pins him to the ground and snatches the shuriken away. And, uh, so he says, uh, no, I can't <laughs> have you waste your precious life. Since I need to eat your living brain, order to take your face for the corpse doppelganger jutsu. Ah! <laughs> uh, it's actually a very disturbing, because he just lunges forward and starts to bite into his fucking skull. Yeah, it's it's all face. Like, he goes anaconda on the kid, and uh, the, the expression that Tento's making really sells it, honestly, because he's like, what the fuck? He's like, dude! Jesus Christ,
2: <laughs> dude! Not cool.
0: But he, here Barto comes to save the day. He kicks Carl in the face and knocks him away. And uh, he says, "Tito, you've got an almost scary amount of guts, dude." And yeah, there he is. He's like striking a badass pose. He's like, "Leave the rest to me. This is ninja work." And all of Carl's men are just like, "We're standing here, I guess, <laughs> over here, not doing anything." They're like, "Shit." We could have warned you that he was gonna kick you in the face, but you know. You get kind of weird when you're eating
1: people. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I kind of wanted to see it happen, so, you know, I got what I wanted.
0: Uh, you what know, a weird chapter. Yeah, I, I don't
1: really know what to say on this. I actually, I, I, to a certain extent, I do like it. Like, I do like the idea of Boruto becoming more of a heroic figure, and this does feel uh, somewhat akin to, like, early Naruto in a way, where things felt a lot more intimate. Like, the power level was low. I do like the... Bringing back a forbidden jutsu to one that actually feels like there's a reason why it's forbidden. Yeah, you kill someone by eating their brain. (laughs) Yeah, like it it feels legitimately like someone, something was like, "Hey, I discovered this new jutsu. It's kind of fucked up, though. I don't think anyone else should be doing it." (laughs)
0: Uh, They do. They have. I mean, because I think that wasn't the Kage Bunshin like supposed to be locked
1: away. That was a forbidden jutsu. Yeah, and now
0: everyone just does the Kage Bunshin.
1: Whatever. Yeah, I never really, I'm sure there's a reason, and there, you know, I'm sure a lot of people will comment as to why, but, <laughs> I, yeah, this one at least felt like it was appropriately forbidden.
0: Yeah, and other than that one, it seems as though a lot of the Forbidden Jitsu have specifically sacrificed a human life in order to unlock some sort of power. Yeah, so. uh Okay, so we're going to move on from there. Uh, we're gonna do Food Wars next. Well, um, we found out who that council member is this week. <laughs> Man,
1: that, it, it's gotta be one of the, the biggest, like, fuck yous out there to make this big deal about the new fucking three members of the council. And the lowest rank of all of them was somebody we already met, and he was by far the most significant member when one of them was like i have a butt chin and i got beaten a one-handed stomp fest and the other one's like i just lost i'm just <laughs> holy shit Mm-mm-mm.
0: it's like when they brought kurt hawkins back and they gave him all those vignettes for weeks and weeks and weeks where he was chuck norris like 12 years late and then he would come to the ring and say he was going to debut and then he wouldn't debut and then eventually he did finally debut and he was just a jobber <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it's one of those things where, because I guess we're technically jumping a little bit ahead, but we, we found out who the ninth, me- or the eighth seat, actually, on the council is, I think. Or, I know, Julia was the eighth seat, and she got, wait, hold on, she got the fifth seat on the council. Yeah. Holy shit, in a basket, that's absurd! She's, she
0: got a higher seat than Kino Kuni. Kino that. Now- Shit is I, absurd! And it's not, it's not a matter of like, oh, it's, it's because these spots in the council were vacant and thus had to be filled. Yeah. Because Azon was promoted after the vacancies opened up. So this is after rearrangement. So this, this, this girl apparently ranks higher than Azon does.
1: What in the great glorious fuck? See, she's ranked higher than Kino Kuni, and who's the, the fifth seat, then? Is that the, uh, that's the guy with the sword, right?
0: That's, yeah, Somo Sato is the fourth seat, then Momo, so, the doll girl, is the third seat, then it's Rindo and Tsukasa.
1: So, this girl, who's, who's considered a, well, I guess it's not purely a better chef, but she was ranked higher than one of the members of the council we have yet to meet yet, and has had a lot of mystery put into that. She was supposedly better than him. And just lost in an off-panel thing to... Essentially, as a joke, because it's like the panel she's defeated. We just get all of her explanation, like all of her measurements, what she likes, what she dislikes. We're presumably never going to see this. So like,
0: you see her dating profiles. Yeah, like <laughs>
1: she's just like it's the joke. Like she's lost. Here's all the details about her because she's never going to be seen again. That's fucked up. I thought she was the eighth seed or something. Like they were just like, yeah, she's like, and you can finally see her in
0: her, her her full badass freaking uniform too. She looks cool. She looks yeah. like a she looks like she would make like a great video game character. Yeah.
1: I assume she's a character from King of Fighters at this point, or, or, or school rivals. <laughs> I, I, you know, I didn't mind, I didn't mind this when I thought, I didn't, I didn't read closely enough and realize that she had been given the fifth seat. I just assumed that she was a ninth seat or something like that. They were just like, this was just, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Sukuda? Is that the, the mangaka's name? This, this was just Sukuda's way of being like, I don't know. I didn't really. Have, I thought I had more for these ones, but I didn't, and I'm done with them.
0: But- I mean, it seems like after this chapter, yeah, again, getting ahead is when we're actually going to start really ramping things up. But it was weird that it was like, you know, we're gonna have eight members, and uh you're never gonna see this one ever again. <laughs> okay.
1: But why? Why rank her? The, like, because she's out now. She can't fight anymore. It's not like she can like come back and be like, all right, that was just because the third seat was really impressive. Now. I'm facing fucking I don't know the the Azami or not Azami. What's uh a, the fucking Italian douchebag? Mario brother, I don't know his it's name, Takumi. Takumi, I'm facing Takumi, and I'm gonna whoop your ass, and like that's where you get like the she's just done. She's not in this tournament anymore. She's out. So why then at that point, would you rank her higher than members of the council who still haven't competed yet? It does seem, it does really. When
2: you didn't even do anything
1: with fucking, uh, Shuro Musha Badawado, whatever his name is. We didn't find out shit about him either. He yeah, was he just like,
2: up. we was just like, I am cool.
0: I can only assume that Rindo and Sukasa are going to fucking run the table on some of these guys because Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> Man, oh. this is all right, you know what? Let's go I
0: mean, on. we get this, we've got this whole long inter like build up to it because, you know, people are reveling in Satoshi in uh, Ishiki's victory. Um, one of the judges specifically, uh, compliments, uh, Ryoko, Ryoko's, uh, sake, uh, that they got used. Um, we also get a little bit of banter among the council of 10, um, or, you know, Rindo is still the only like one being supportive as freaking Julio's freaking carted away on a stretcher. <laughs> it was really fucking good eel. <laughs> um Sukasa and Somey really don't seem particularly like worried about anything. Um and uh yeah, so Kuga's like, oh, we're doing awesome! This is great. I'm going to dress up like fucking Fu Manchu for some reason. <laughs> um, The MC really does also build up how awesome Shoko is over the next, like, two or three pages. And then Megashima, yeah, kicks her ass, and she's just, like, passed out on the fucking floor with the expression of ecstasy on her face. So, finally, the zombie's just like, ah, victory only grows sweeter the more worthwhile the opponent's. And everyone's like, oh wow, the resistance has swept with three victories in the first round. And somebody's like, hey, this kind of, uh, looking actually a little bit bad because hey, we might lose by the third bout of, at, at this pace. Shit. Um. So it's always like, alright, we're gonna call it intermission so that I can, you know, inject steroids in my shitty team. <laughs> Cooking steroids, you know.
1: Yeah, if they don't come back with fucking the the Millennium Rod Eye on their head, and he's just like, (laughs) If you
2: lose this duel, we'll both go to the shadow realm of cooking. (laughs) Remember, it's that share with the Dildo over there. (laughs) I just put some paprika on it.
1: That's how it's the version for cooking. (laughs) Thanks for the idea, Mr. Freeman. It's just you and the audience like, I... No.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was all Chris. <laughs> uh, it's just me in a bad wig of you. I'm just like, it's me, Nick.
0: <laughs> Freeman spelled wrong. And it's crayon. me, Nick Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> you got, like, you got a Sharpie to draw a mustache on.
1: <laughs> it's just, it's spelled poorly and crayon on my name badge, too, Freeman. <laughs> like, backwards R.
0: <laughs> Alright. Um... So everyone goes to, uh, gather themselves, uh, in waiting areas and stuff. Um, they're trying to figure out, okay, who should we send out next? We got to figure out who, you know, the, the council is going to be sending out. Um, and, uh, they basically said, uh, cause Ashiki notices that someone's missing. And he's like, where, where, where is he? And Takumi says, well, he insisted he'd be allowed to participate in the second bout. And Arina says we gave him a sound lecture over it too. He then proceeded to pout and shuffled off to the men's room. <laughs> <laughs> Some was such a stupid kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: a kid could be every good match. What's going on? Yeah.
0: But you know, everyone's. A lot of people are just saying, "Hey, you know, we're we're ready to go." Uh, but Me- Megashima says, "Hey, I'm ready to do this." Uh, Subaru says, "Yeah, I- I've been refining my technique too." But they also say. You know, Arena, you're captain here, so it's, you get the final call as to who goes to go out for this. So we cut over to someone coming out of the men's room, still pouting. And, uh, he encounters Kuga, uh, confronting Sukasa in the hallway. And Kuga's like, hey, you're gonna be in the second ra- round, right? And Tsukasa's like, what if I am? And Kuga's like,
1: tell me! <laughs> He gets very shoujo in that moment.
0: He's he like, does ah,
1: Sukasa! Answer the question with the question. It's such a mini pants thing to do.
0: It, it, when turns in, it just turns into Alice. <laughs>
2: like,
0: this turns into Alice. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> How can you possibly do that poll with old me? You're so,
1: like, you're Rudy Patooty. Oh my <laughs> god. S.F.H. <laughs> S- so <H.
0: laughs> so Sukasa says, all right, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I am. And so Kuga's like, hey, so Sukasa, you should fight me in the next Shokugeki. And, uh, but there's also a little moment because uh, Soma looks at him and realizes that his hands are trembling really hard as he uh, proposes the challenge. So if this doesn't lead to Kuga getting his ass thoroughly goddamn whooped uh, in the next round, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs>
1: well, that's the thing. It, it almost certainly will. Because that's kind of, this is not something that's come out of nowhere. We've known that Kuga has had this motivation to beat Tsukasa from the very beginning, basically, of this character. We found it out back in like the Food Festival arc. Um, Having this match is very natural. And yes, it would be very fitting for this to be the first of the big takedowns of Soma's team. And perhaps a round where Soma's not participating, so everyone in that team is disposable. We already know Kuga's probably the most disposable member on the entire team, because we've already really seen everything about him, you
0: know? Yeah. He's He was probably the only other one that I think is going to get knocked out immediately.
1: Yeah, I, I can imagine this This might be a round of clean sweeps. Imagine if... Uh, this is just pure, like, uh, almost fan fiction writing at this point. But next round comes in. They go exactly with the team we see here uh megashima subaru kuga and then it's like sukasa rindo and i don't know maybe they put like fucking momo or some shit in there right and i think it would be baller as shit if sukasa is out there and he's like no i'm gonna go crush megashima and i'm gonna go let momo beat the shit out of you or or oh god would it be so fucking harsh if he's like I aizen's out there and he's like hey aizen Go get your respect back and crush Kuga. I just like the idea uh, <laughs> of Kuga losing not just to a member of the council, but not even close to Sukasa, like
0: the lowest one left. Yeah, like
1: he's like not even up to that tier. And then they just use Sukasa as a way to get rid of Megashima because as it is now, having Megashima there,
0: I'm going to make a prediction here, and All right. this this is I don't think this is a particularly bold predi- uh, prediction. I think that Sukasa yeah. is a bit too upfront a guy to turn down this challenge. And I think that this is probably going to be the big matchup that gets focused on the second round, uh, in the same way that Kinukuni and Sumo was the primary focus of the first one. And Tsukasa is going to wipe him. Uh, then you're going to have probably another high-ranking uh, member of the council, I think take on Mimasaka. And uh, Mimasaka will do his whole imitation thing, and they'll just outclass him and, and beat him. Then we're going to get a Megishima fight that goes the exact same way. Where it was not focused on at all, and it cuts over, and Rindo has beaten him without ever showing what happens.
1: That would be pretty dope. I'm not gonna lie, that would be pretty <laughs> awesome. It's it's a shame too because I think he's 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 still an interesting character. Like he's still this this enigma. Yeah. Of the council. Why, did, of Tem- he, why didn't he join
0: the, with the council's way of doing things? What's we don't know.
1: what's his cooking style? He's had a match. We don't know anything about him after it now. Like, we still don't know what he's about either. So it's definitely an interesting thing. I, I would not be surprised if the next match doesn't end up being, if at least not a two-for-one, if not a clean sweep for central side. But, uh, you know, who knows if it, it could go either way. But I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens mm-hmm. in this. Um As for this chapter, though, I didn't think it was – uh too significant of a chapter before, but now after realizing that that chick was made the fifth seat on the council, now I am actually a little you're bit even p- angry
2: about <laughs> it. I'm, a, I'm a little bit
1: pissed at that notion. I'm like, why would you do that?
2: I don't get it. Why would you have fucking Samoa
1: Joe only win via disqualification when you're trying to build him up? You just have fucking Roman Reigns be Bray wide in the ring clean, alright? You're supposed to be trying to build this idea. Like anyone could
2: be a main eventer right now, and you just, you're just it him up!
0: That's three wrestling references this episode.
1: (laughs) Just wait. We're
0: going to have, we're going to have one per per series this week or something.
1: There's no fairy tale. We're filling that time up with wrestling references.
0: Uh, so Dr. Stone, uh, it's a flashback chapter, Z equals 13, part one, Stone World, the beginning. (laughs) So many numbers. So we cut to when Senku first woke up really weird running joke through the chapter of monkeys looking at Senku and seeing that he is a smooth and shiny monkey and their internal thoughts which are bizarre and include phrases like where are you from bub which monkey tribe (laughs) dude's all smooth and shiny
2: (laughs) (laughs) and the runt's showing off his junk for
0: all to see well so am I but still (laughs) It's weird.
1: <laughs> it's a very strange chapter. It's a lot of humor that it's all, like, based on the idea that these monkeys just assume he's also a monkey and can understand him. And they just have running commentary on this shit. <laughs>
0: um, The way that the chapter plays out is essentially Senku trying to make his way for the first couple of months where he's alone. And we see that he actually really struggles initially. Uh, and he says something that I think is pr- particularly important because he says, hey, I don't have Taiju with his meatheaded brute strength or Yuzuriha with her dexterity and handicrafts club expertise because he's trying to build a fire by himself. He's having no success. And he's like, I'll bet that either of these two in very different ways will be able to start a fire. No problem. So, I think that that might be hinting towards Usuriha's eventual role within their little team.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it it would it would it would be fitting for what we kind of know about her thus far that she, you know, she made dolls for them and everything like that that she's just a crafty kind of person. Mm-hmm. Uh
0: but eventually he manages to make tools by smashing rocks against each other and sharpening them and getting different sizes and putting them together with stuff. He manages to start a fire by, you know, tying vines together and coiling them into a proper rope. Uh And uh, there is a pretty big badass panel where he starts the fire and this huge, like, heavenly glow standing before him.
1: I just love every time it's a fucking video game thing, like the smooth and shiny monkey acquired stone tools. Do-do-do,
0: the smooth and shiny monkey acquired rope.
2: <laughs> Do-do-do,
0: um, there's also a funny little bit where he like, you know, the spear and he's like, all right, time to hunt. He tries to chase a deer down. Nobody else outruns him. He's like, <laughs> oh. but you know, he, he it just has like a shit eating
1: grin the entire time. He just like, he's <laughs> 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 like, oh, I'm going to eat the shit out of you deer so hard.
0: <laughs> uh, and we get this narration, you know, that's like, you know, through sheer creativity, he overcame all of creation to become an overlord of science. And, uh, you know, he managed to carve up the deer and craft proper clothes from himself. Uh, and uh, so it's 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 all really a montage chapter oh. uh, that, that does have some cool moments in it. Um, but. It's just kind of like, hey, you know, this was how, how Senku was on his own, and here's how he kind of got to this point by just being really determined and, uh, ingenuous. So there you go.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, in one respect, I definitely enjoy that. Um, I think this is a really cool chapter to get. Seeing how Senku was getting out of it gave him a bit more vulnerability than we've kind of seen from him before. Cause again, we've, we've normally seen him as the guy with all the answers. And because he has people who are able to kind of enact his plans for him, he seems to be kind of infallible. But seeing him here, we do see why he needs friends and allies. Because, one, it's something he can't do on his own. And two, it's, it's very daunting. Actually, the thing I liked the most was him... Noting how much how difficult it was to actually factor in when things work because he's like shit I have to actually figure out when leap years are in there and Earth's rotation slows down like he actually has to figure all this out and it's it's not like he is just a human computer that shoots out an answer we actually we're seeing like for, inside yeah. his mind there there is like a person there, and he's, he's having to figure out the work to it
0: right so. he seems a lot he does seem his intelligence is much more reasonable mm-hmm. in this chapter mm-hmm. and uh, you get this sense that. He knows everything that's going on just because he's had a few months to plan everything out and figure and uh figure stuff out before Taiju woke up. Yes. Also there it was a little nice little joke at the beginning where he he kinda like imagined like just bursting out of the stone and you see he's just kinda like instead gradually falling off.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um I, I liked it. I, I like this chapter a lot. I am I'm, I'm enjoying this little flashback, it's just, it's still in that weird place of just, like, I'm still, like, getting used to the series. And it was like, now we go back! <laughs> Let's start from the beginning! And I'm like, no! A
0: bit of an odd, an odd turn, but, uh, yeah. And it, overall, it was fun, but uh, not a particularly exciting one, I think. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to We Never Learn.
1: Yes. So, We Never Learned, Chapter 15, or Problem 15, A Genius Boiled in Bathwater
0: Exposes X. So... Oh, Guys, it's been so long since we saw a Hot Spring episode, so this time we're getting a sauna episode. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it would be ridiculous. A bathhouse episode. It's been too long. Okay, so last time, uh, Uega went out to find Ogata out in the woods. They uh fell in together, like she fell basically into him. They presumably touched lips, and this is the end consequence of that the next day, basically. They are punished for being out that late past curfew, and are punished by having to clean the bathrooms together. Uh They don't address what happened between them. They're both very nervous about that, and is uh, particularly like, oh, is she angry at me because she won't look at me at all during this?
0: We also and, get to see the immediate consequences of what happened where Agatis and she was just like, okay, let's leave, bye! Yeah, she just
1: stands up, <laughs> She's like, let's go now! Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> we should she head back.
0: back! You're going the wrong way. We should go now!
1: <laughs> yeah. And then they have just a little bit of like sexual tension there where it's like, Jesus, it, it feels like it would be like definitely like a, 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 like a player move if that's what he's going for. He's like, man, it's so hot here. I guess I'll take off my jacket and go, oh, you know, God, gets really nervous. Like, oh God, his shirt's coming, his top layer's coming off. <laughs> but then they start oh, getting,
0: I can see his noodly appendages through nothing but his t-shirt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh, they get nervous because they start hearing the girls coming into the bath. And, uh, is like, what the fuck? There's a sign that says closed for cleaning out there, and Ogata's like, yes, I have it right here around my neck. And you're just like, <laughs> you're, just like <laughs> you're supposed to be smart! <laughs> like, you're not supposed to be socially, like, just beyond redemption. <laughs>
0: She's just like, Error, why would you put a sign out where other people can read it?
1: <laughs> Error signs should be inside after their purpose is invalidated. <laughs> so all all of the girls start getting undressed, and of course it's that you know the the bathhouse thing of like, oh you've got such great skin. Oh you're so big. No tee
0: and I'm jealous of your boobs. Let me just like put my entire hands around them and just squeeze them in order to feel what that's like. Uh.
1: And, uh, Yoink is just like, oh god, if I get busted for being in the girl's bath, people are gonna think I'm spying on them, and I'm gonna lose my college recommendation. So, uh, Ogata is like- Very valid oh, concern. Yeah. Yes. And he's like, and I'm not trying to, like, I'm not, this is an awful situation, Ogata, like, I, like, I'm gonna be fucked. And Ogata's like, you hide in the sauna, I'll think of something. And obviously he's thinking, he's like, I'm counting on you. If you just explain the situation, hey, we're clean in here. I didn't put the sign out, not to be anything weird, but Uwega's in here. He's just in here helping me clean. Can you leave for five minutes, and then we'll we'll finish up and be done? He's like very easy be okay.
0: situation to resolve. He's like, there's... would just be like, oh, that was close. Yeah, and they'll be like, oh, the guy. Maybe one or two girls w- would be like, oh, he's kind of perverted. He's been in the girls' bath, but it would not be a major problem. You, you, would...
1: everyone would move past it. You wouldn't even actually have to even bring up. You wake up being there. You could just say, We're cleaning here right now. I stupidly hung the sign around my neck because I'm an idiot. Just leave for a quick moment while we finish up. Super yeah. easy. So- Unfortunately,
0: this is where Ogata's social interaction problems actually come into play. Yeah. It makes no goddamn sense for her to hang a sign around her neck saying, Don't come into this bathroom. But
1: she gets nervous and says, don't go into the sauna. It's super hot. <laughs> so all the girls are like, that's the point that's of the sauna. That's how saunas are supposed to be. That's, that, guys, don't get on this roller coaster. It's very fast. Like, I don't see the problem there. That's what it's supposed to do. <laughs> so Guys. Not, guys. Not only that, they strip her like to the point where she's just like, huh? I had my clothes on a moment ago, and now I'm just in a towel. And
0: Guys, don't get on the highway. The cars go really fast.
1: <laughs> it's a convenient way to get from one place to the other in a quick amount of time. Like, um, do you do you understand things and how they work? Uh, but yeah, they 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 she's just nervous cuz she's like I can't believe the situation how it's come. And of course, uh uh Takahata, not Takahata. Um fucking, what's her name? Takamoto, sorry. Takamoto is like let's go into the sauna. And they do.
0: The three And and and, and Ogata's like, but it's so hot and and then they're both just like That's the
1: point. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God I I guess. It would be (laughs) really be really awkward if it was cold or like just like lukewarm. That would suck. So they they go in, and Yuega is hiding beneath one of the benches there, and they're just in there talking about, like... Like how
0: the one hiding there. spot he could possibly have found, basically, yeah.
1: And it's one of those ones where, like, I think it's... I guess it's because of the steam is the logic they put in there, but from that vantage point of the girls looking in, I feel like they would immediately see someone hiding
0: underneath a bench. Well, there are baseboards on either side, and it is a fairly thick bench, I guess,
1: yeah, but they're sh- you know, they're shorter than average, so you- 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 s- they'd be at a lower vantage point. All you need to do is see an elbow poking out of, like, an elbow underneath one of them to be like, hey, that's a fucking person, what's going on? <laughs> You're not standard sauna equipment. Uh, it doesn't matter though, because in another level of, like, weird social action, uh, they're in there for a moment, and then Takamoto's just like,
2: I can't do this anymore! I need water! She just screams
1: and bursts <laughs> out of the room, and you're
2: just... As she does.
1: <laughs> like, at this point, if you're Furashi, would you just be like, who am I surrounded with? Like, are, are you two... Like, have you ever been in a, a sauna before ever? Do you know how the social contract to this works?
0: I mean... If you stay in a sauna for too long, you are eventually going to go, this is uh, way too much for me, so I'm going to get out of here before I fucking pass out. But she does seem to have a lot of energy left to go, Aah!
1: Like, she does not immediately. Like, there's not a panel of her being like, oh, man, it's starting to get hot or anything like that. Because the last few panels we can see is her, like, kind of laughing and playing about, and then it's her smiling. And then just to be
2: I can't take this anymore! And they're just like, well, <laughs> there is no in-between with you. You're
1: one or the other.
0: Oh, boy. It was like, like a, a switch. A, yeah. Flips.
1: Yeah. She was just like, it was immediately someone flicked. I can't take this shit no more. She runs out. And then they're just like, good. We just need to get Furuhashi out of here. And they like, shit, I, you know, I'm, I'm really getting to my limit. I don't know if, like, because he's down to the ground, too. So he gets even less kind of, like.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: breathing out of it, and it's very natural. He might actually reach the point where this is dangerous. However, that's when uh, Sakijo comes in, and she's like, hey guys, come quick, there's a meteor shower outside, as you can see from the outdoor bath. And they, those two go out, running to go see because right, Fumino's
0: obsessed with space, so she's like, whoa! So- yeah,
1: she's very excited. She drags Ogata out there with her, and that's when Sakijo's like, hey, I know you're in the Uega. And she actually... She's maybe my favorite character in the series now, because she just cuts through the bullshit at this point, where she's just like... I can I... explain! Like, yeah. no, I get what's going on. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I saw that she had clothes on in the bath, I thought that was weird, I found the cleaning supplies, which you'd think anyone would have immediately noticed and been like, well, that's strange, usually this isn't out, whatever, I thought I'd cover for you. And he's like, thanks, I really owe you for this one. And, uh... I guess she's the one who thinks this to herself, and she's like, she, she does, yeah. She's like, he didn't see me naked, did he? Well,
0: because they have a joke earlier on where she's just wandering around the bath and she's naked, and and they're like, oh my god, put a towel on. She's like, why? They're yeah, modesty. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like, oh man. shit,
0: I was walking around naked while this guy was actually around, so she yeah. just kind of
1: embarrassed. Yeah, she gets that. So with this moment of freedom, because everyone else is going to look at this supposed meteor shower. Uh, He runs for the door, opens it, only to come face first with Takamoto, whose towel is off as she's drinking water. And I kind of like this. She just, it's like, whoop, just grabs the towel and zips right by him. They say nothing to one another. They're just like, I won't. Nope, nope, nope. Just goes right past them. Uh, And then... uh
0: She passes it off to herself by saying like, oh wow, I must have been like seeing things. Like I'm way too obsessed with him at this point. If I'm just seeing him randomly in the bath, that would never happen.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, afterwards she apologizes basically for being a colossal fuck up in the bathroom, (laughs) the bathroom fucking incident. Uh, but then more importantly she comments on the night before that Mm -hmm. where they had their uh, accidental kiss and she says specifically that it was just an accident. That's all. It doesn't count. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Yuega like, yeah, of course, absolutely. It's a different concept. Totally unrelated. We're all good.
0: Uh, all right. Everything's fine now. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm going to enjoy this drink of water. Yeah. Did you
1: see my boobies? <laughs> 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 she simply asks, like, did you see? And he's like, no, not really. My steam, like, it was steamy, so my glass all up, so I could barely see anything. And she's like, you She's like quick glaring at me, and that's the chapter. It wasn't his fault. <laughs> no, it, <laughs> you know it, it's one of those things where I guess you you you, re- you really have to like make your pick the hill to die on here. Either you're like these characters are so stupid, this humor makes no sense, and thus I hate it, or you just accept that it has to happen for the goofiness to happen, and you just like yeah sure. Oh God, is so socially inept that she was like. I should put the sign that we're cleaning on my chest, around my neck, so that anyway, in case anyone comes up, walks up to me
0: cleaning, realizes, oh, the bathroom's closed, I'm cleaning. And I do definitely prefer this to, you know, like, Funio being like, I can't lose
2: any weight, will you shrub my tummy to see how fat I'm getting?
1: Anyway, I'm gonna go get my midnight snacks, which don't count. Yeah. You fucking idiot! (laughs) Hey, you get... It's a lot less of that. It's a lot more innocent. Again, I I, I can always appreciate this series more as Uega truly isn't trying to be perverted. Isn't thinking of anything perverted. He just keeps getting fucking underage poon thrown into his face, his teenage tang, and he can't do anything to prevent it. It's just like, stop. I just want
0: to get a good college recommendation. Well, and also, yeah, he thinks about things pretty logically when they actually happen, too. So, you know, he lands in the situation, and it's not like, oh, no, I'm going to see their vaginas or anything. It's like He's literally just thinking, like, if I get caught, I will lose everything. (laughs) And I
1: I think that's why I'm able to enjoy the humor in it to this point, because it would be something different if he couldn't get it either. But he always seems to know the right, like, he knew, he's like. All you got to do is explain we're cleaning, I'm in here. Right, right, right. So, like, if he didn't have that, and it was just the the idea that she's just that dumb naturally, and that's it, I'd be like, that's weird. But showing that the other characters are aware that this is a dumb thing she's doing, that makes it better. And that makes it something you can enjoy. So, I, 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 for the most part, enjoy this
0: chapter. And also, you know, emphasizes that, hey, you know, these are, like, things that result from the way that these characters are, as opposed to just the universe conspiring to make perverted shit happen. Uh-huh. So it makes it feel more like an actual misunderstanding between the characters, and it makes it feel like a more natural, I guess, way of getting into circumstances like that. Yep, absolutely. Alright, let's move on to The Promised Neverland, chapter 41, Attack! Uh, so the kids are up from out of the underground cavern, having escaped from the snake-like root creature thingies. And now they're out in the woods, and uh, they're bundling up because it's super cold. Uh, there's a bit of discussion for, amongst the kids about what's gone on. I still don't know so many of these kids' goddamn names. Uh, Emma feels like she's noticed something uh, in the nearby area, but she's not seeing stuff. Dawn uh, comments that, you know, the cold air led to the roots being destroyed, and so... He's like, ah, I'm so glad it's winter or we would have been eaten. And some smarmy guy is like, well actually it seems like the hole doesn't open up unless it's winter. So we would have never landed in this situation if not for that. And Dunce is like, eh.
1: Yeah, I didn't okay. quite get like that why he like, he seemed like his entire world had just shattered or something like that. <laughs> That's not, it's not, it's not <laughs> like, like he you made a dumb statement it without or the
0: knowledge. or could have known that or anything. Yeah, and the guy is being smug for no real reason. (laughs) Um, but Emma looks on the bright side of things, like, "Hey, you know, because what happened, we now know what the book, what we use the book is, and we know what kind of you know danger awaits us out here, and that, and now we can rely on our Junior Woodchuck Guidebook to get out of any situation. We." Then gets, because uh, Ray calls uh, Emma over and is like, "Hey, we've got these uh, things that uh, grow out here. They can store fresh water, and so we don't have to worry about uh, you know going down to the stream or anything like that. We can actually travel more reliably." Uh, this is also something we know from the books, and Emma uses this as a chance to give a big pep talk, saying, "Hey, you know, look, look, you know, we've got all this dangerous stuff waiting out here, but we're not alone. We've got each other, and we have an ally. So we're going to go meet up with Mister Minerva." We then get an explanation as to how they are actually going to do that because we get a deeper explanation for how the pen works because it works on holographic touchscreen technology. Um, Essentially, they Norman had figured out this code when he was experimenting with the pen and then left uh, information for Emma to figure out Ray demonstrates that he is at least as smart as Norman. Nay, smarter by figuring it out immediately as well, uh, because hashtag Ray. Um, and uh, so you know, they had to do with like, oh, you know, you go to this part in the book, this fucking word on this page, this string of letters, and you put that in duh, 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 and it unlocks this. They get interrupted, though, uh, from after they get a message saying, Hey, I'm at location B0632, so you should head there if you want to meet up with me. But then there is more information ahead that they get interrupted from being able to read because a wild animal attacks. Very big wild oh, animal. A
1: huge one. It's massive. Its mouth open looks to be bigger than any of the kids.
0: It's a great action page, uh, really, with this- the kids running away from it.
1: This is a pretty crazy conclusion, because I, you know, we sort of mentioned it, like, their threats right now aren't a psychological one always, and you, we kind of got a glimpse of them having to face a re- like a physical danger with the tree. This is a different level, though. Because this, like, the only real like, way to escape this is to be, like, not get chased down and eaten by this dog. It's not like they're going to be like, well, if I just play along and pretend like I'm a prey for the dog, I can use that to lure him into a false sense of security. (laughs) Perhaps get some information out of him out of that. (laughs) This is where we're going to see what happens when this series becomes more of a, you know, traditional kind of action series. I I still imagine that logic and thought, you know, intelligence will play a factor, but, you know... This isn't like a tree you can trick. I imagine they're gonna have to at least in some way run from the giant dog monster that's going to eat them.
0: And, uh, there's also the question of, is this, you know, actually a wild animal? Could this be one of the demons trying to chase them, uh, chase them down? So.
1: Yeah, uh, we'll have to see. I guess we'll see next week if they, you know, open up the book and they're like, one time I was attacked by a very nasty four-legged douche monster. <laughs> <laughs> this jerk face four leg uh the snappy monster, and uh I found the that only sucked. way to i found the only way to avoid it was to uh not ever catch its attention because otherwise oh shit, it does not get tired you can't
0: outrun it, you can't fight it, you're
1: just gonna fucked. <laughs> it's surprisingly great at climbing trees, it swims, flies, i don't know how it does that it
0: also can if you teleport. play dead if you play dead, it would just you know kill you more slowly um yeah.
1: <laughs> uh it, it it doesn't have any predators you could lure it into to try to like you know always a bigger fish kind of thing um. No, yeah, No one's going to
0: fuck with that thing. Look at it.
1: Yeah, I mean, oof, <laughs> yeah. man, it is awful. But that's why you just, you know, never piss it off or get never
0: it. Never draw its attention yeah. by, you know, wandering around the woods and chatting to each other.
1: I, I suppose that is an option, actually, Death. They could maybe lure it to fall down into the same roots as one of the other trees mm-hmm. and have that happen. But okay. we shall see. Death is somebody in our chat, by the way. I wasn't like addressing like the metaphorical grim reaper that's hovering over us all. Like I talked to him, I'm just like, hey, I don't have to go one day, right? Like I can just always be around here.
0: Oh, sure. I, sure. I,
1: I have to die one day. Okay. Well, what do you think is gonna happen to the Province Neverland next week? Ah, that's a good idea.
0: Best you do that. Let's so move we to Black Clover. <laughs> Page 112, the Royal Knight Selection Test, which is about the Royal Knight Selection Test, or at least the introduction to it. Before we get into the chapter, holy shit. This color page is amazing. <laughs> it's so fucking cool. <laughs> it is an extremely cool cover page. Like it's such an awesome action pose thing with all of the uh, all the black bulls gathered together with their weapons out. It's great. Um Yeah. So we actually begin um with an odd little introduction. A uh, character that we haven't met before, uh the vice-captain of the Purple Orcas, Zerx Lugner, uh, is staring down an odd-looking guy with uh, weird kind of BDSM sort of gear. Um, and uh I don't know exactly what the hell is going on that leads to this confrontation, because they're just in an alleyway, and Zerx Lugner says you are obstructing public duties as Magic Knights so will have to pu- pu- punish you, and some random wizard guy with, like, super generic wizard rows next to him is like, this guy's awesome! He's the saint of pure ice! He's hot and shit,
2: don't you know? He's the
1: reason that the purple orcas have been revived and got fifth place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or seventh place, What the hell or yeah, they, they were. they
1: weren't high, yeah.
0: They weren't doing very well. So, sharp-toothed leather guy is like, oh, well, I don't care. And, he, and you two-bit flunkies shouldn't be blustering about glory and such. So, hey, why don't you show me how awesome your magic is and punish me in the name of justice, authority, abusing vice, captain of a mob. So, Zerx Lugner uses his ice magic and summons a bunch of uh giant icicles to slice into the guy. Everything goes black, and when we're brought back to the action, Zerx Lugner uh, has been smashed into the wall and is all bloodied up, and uh, Leather Guy is like, the Magic Knight's robe is wasted on you when he rips the robe off of him and sets off to see if there's anybody else worth humiliating.
1: An interesting so introduction, yeah. I mean I guess if you were uh if you were somebody who's like, oh man, I can't wait till we find out the vice captain, the fucking or purple because I bet he's a real cool dude.
0: <laughs> um so we get to where all of the different magic knights are gathered. I don't know if we've met this mustachioed guy before. Um he seems to be a member of the Golden Dawn. I guess or maybe he's just a random guy, and... I don't know. He's got I... a symbol on his cloak, but it's very small, and I can't really make it out. So, Well,
1: you can see him from the back in the panel above, I think. But I don't know mm-hmm. if that's supposed to be... I guess it would be... Well, I don't know. I don't care. I, don't know. I was I was sitting there trying to think it out, and I was just like, eh, nah, give up.
0: So, he's like, I'm all fired up, and Mimosa approaches him, and says...
2: You're kind of disturbing other people around you, so could you, like, you know, calm down maybe a little bit, please, or I'll
0: fucking kill you. <laughs> um, a lot of reintroductions to a bunch of different characters. For example, it's like, oh, look, it's Klaus over there, and he's still playing with his fucking glasses. And then there's Yuno, who has been around the last several chapters. Whatever. But yeah, there's some awesome guys here, and look at all those awesome Gondon dudes. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, Asta just walks right up to Klaus and is like, hi guys! And Mimosa's like, ah, oh, Asta!
2: <laughs> she just breaks for a minute.
0: A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little bit of catching up happens. Uh, Asta approaches you and is like, oh man, that offspring felt great! And Mimosa's like, ah, oh, they were naked in an offspring together. <laughs> Yes, they were. Yes. And, you know, typical like, to being like, oh, I'm super awesome. And you know, it's like, whatever. <laughs> or he actually said, talks some real shit because Asa's like, I lost our race at the volcano, so I'm not going to lose to you today. And you know, it's like, did you image train so that he, for when you lose, so you don't cry. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's, gonna be, he, he's got no chill sometimes. He really... he's like Jesus a, Christ, you know. <laughs> he's got a good poker face. You know got to
0: work up to that shit. <laughs> um, Leo's there too? Yay? Yeah, um,
1: I was like, thank God you Hugo's were here.
0: <laughs> Finral's there. He has colored his hair, I think?
1: Yeah, I imagine that's what it's meant to be. And I guess the hairstyle's slightly different than what it used to be. It's
0: a little bit s- smooth around, yeah. And so he's like, aha, it's going to, uh, this is, this is really nerve wracking, isn't, isn't it? And fricking Magna and Luck are just like, huh, why, who are you? Why are you wearing that black bull's robe? You fucking stranger, we'll kill you. And it's like, it's me, Fineral. He's <laughs> like, aw, hey, you're not Fineral.
2: He's like, come on, dudes,
0: come And I was on. like, come on, guys, it's Fineral. He just looks a little flashy. Yeah, I guess he is flashy. And Fineral's like, what's wrong with being flashy? <laughs> Nothing. They're just fucking weirdos, dude.
1: So, Nick, what if I got, like, a uh, couple streaks of neon in my hair? Like, I get, like, a streak Oh,
0: man, of how, how dare you be so flashy, Chris? <laughs> from, I might do that now. I certainly want not just be like, who are you? Who said you could be <laughs> on my podcast? Who <laughs> is <It was, laughs> this stranger that's
1: doing the show with me now? I'm like, <laughs> I called you from my account, though. What
0: are you doing? Who said you could have Chris's Google Hangouts account? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're like, you should know who I am. I'm still, I look the same. It's just I have green in my hair now.
0: Noelle looks around and spots her brother solid, giving her the most evil douchebag look. <laughs> like, "Ugh, oh, you're here to take the freaking real nights exam? Yeah. <laughs> She remembers, though, Leona's uh, words of encouragement. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to be afraid anymore. I'll show my brothers and sister how much I've grown. The Wizard King shows up. The King shows up and he's like, oh, I will be super popular with this awesome introduction.
2: It's a
1: team genre. <laughs> I, I, I love his face. He's like, no, no, I should explain the test myself. The next exam would exist. A much real
2: competition! The magic crystal destruction tournament will begin! And you're just like, what? I
0: kind of want this guy (laughs) to just be the most harmlessly... (laughs) <laughs> douchebag guy in the entire group it's like I'll be super popular with
2: this shit everyone's going to think about how cool I am with a magic crystal torn mintas pickle
0: This starts floating around the stage <laughs> cawing like a bird
2: it's like stop dude <laughs> stop <laughs> no! <There's a> <laughs> what are the rules what the rules? it's like no
0: he Jesus' is to turn to a giant, a uh, giant chicken.
2: And it's like, but look at his face. Like his eyes don't focus in.
1: His face is screaming. His arms are holding. There's no way to assume he's talking other than to just be like, and it's, it's like the stressed out. He has to assume he's going. I <laughs> <laughs> Asses
0: in the crowd, like, dude, you gotta calm down a little bit, man. <laughs> what
2: are you Calm down. <laughs> I am the king and I'm announcing the team competition it's like alright good Whew. teams will be three on
0: three he just stops using words <laughs>
1: it's just loud noises eventually go! It's like, alright, I'm just gonna hand out these leaflets that have all the rules for you guys.
0: Be sure to read this three-page letter that explains all the rules in great detail.
1: <laughs> Shows you
0: how many pieces you get to start the board with.
1: Yeah, if you want, you can just put in these earplugs and you can just read the rules on this sheet. It's very simple. Over there, they see him as he's just like, ah! Like doing his rules, his flashy movements, his huge props and things.
0: He also, like, it's really bad because he's, like, he starts to go over the rules in in depth, and you can tell he kind of, like, starts to lose his steam. He's like, hey, you've chosen this form, um, uh, because,
2: um... Did I mention it's a TEAM
0: COMPETITION? <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, so, yeah... Uh, we need to emphasize how well our various brigades will work together, since, you know, the Royal Knights are going to consist of multiple team members, so, yeah, that's why we've chosen this, so that we'll measure your cooperation and strategies, because I... (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, it's been fucking years since we pulled that one out.
2: I don't know what the king is anymore. And then the second round will be you taking on the TRAPMASTER <laughs> <laughs> He just starts like, like the Super Jerking's hard to explain it. has <laughs> introduction's <arrangement> like, <munition> you think you're all hot shit, but well, what happens when you take on the DERP strategy? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll take out my three Special Menu Knights with Ryan Shields crouch walking around the stage! <laughs> You'll never be
0: able to beat them! They'll get well, to actually, you just kind to kinda have to you. sidle around them and shoot them from behind. Ah!
1: <laughs> <Curses>! <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad I am not using my old mic, or that would just be co- nonsense gibberish, I believe. <laughs> Alright, so, All right. <laughs> they announce the team's.
0: That's the team competition. They divide everyone up into different teams. You don't see anyone else's team in depth except that Asta is teamed up with Mimosa and the third member of their team is Zerx Lugner. But, oh no! Zerx Lugner was dispatched by the weird leather guy who suddenly drops down from above and says, excuse me, I'm late! Puts his arm around the Wizard King's shoulder and is like, hey, but I'll bet you're, you know, you're a cool Wizard King. You'll forgive me for being a little late, right? I'm Zerk Slugner. Nice to meet you. So a little bit of identity theft going on here. Um, I'm actually quite intrigued by all of this, though.
2: Yeah, it um, was.
0: I think that this guy is really cool, honestly. Just shows up like a badass, uh says, like, you're a bunch of hypocrites. I'm going to kick your ass. He kicks their ass and then just like, and now I'm going to go uh, hang out in this uh, and uh, see what these uh, other magic knights are like and see if I can kick any of their asses, too. Um, apparently no one knows what the real Xerx Luganer looks like, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I like this guy and, uh, he's got a really weird design, but I'm kind of into it too.
1: Yeah. I, I, I liked his appearance. I like what this concept is. You know, if it just ends up, this is another guy that's a member of the Midnight Sun and that's all this kind of is. I mean, so what? So be it. Uh, But I would really like the idea of like another important character within the Magic Knight's that kind of has some relevance, and because it seems to be a tournament, presumably with more than one match, maybe it is just a one match kind of thing, Uh it's, it's at least we're going to see how this person interacts with Aston. That, you know, seems like it could be a, a good thing to do. Um, it, it just seems like an effective way to introduce this kind of character and get me kind of excited
0: for something new. Some people are saying he looks he's kind of... Reminiscent of Bond from Seven Deadly Sins, and I can kind of get that—you know, his his general build, the sharp teeth, a little bit of the hair, even.
1: I think it's the uh, and body, also kind language. of the general attitude. Yeah, it's the body language, it's, and I, I can see it. The
0: way he carries himself, and also the leather.
1: Yeah, pick. it's a lot of leather, shortlessness. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but hey, you know, I like the way that see, the way that he's introduced himself into all of this, and I'm curious to see what he's really about. And honestly, I'm just going to say this right now. I hope that he's actually an ally of the Magic Knights in some way, because I'd hate for him to just be, like, a villain in disguise. Yeah, I, I would... So having someone with this kind of attitude to be one of the Magic Knights, I think would be really cool.
1: I, I definitely would be more interested if this is a guy. I mean, it's going to be tough for him to be a Magic Knight, considering he, he's entering into this tournament after beating up someone else and taking their identity. But that should be explained next chapter, because you'd assume the magic thing, like with the Wizard King
0: would be like, you're not Zerk's look nerd. <laughs> he's
1: such a pretentious <laughs> douchebag. No one likes
0: that guy. And of course, if he decides, eh, I'll allow it. Then that might be an indication that everything's cool.
1: Yeah, he's uh, really <laughs> messed. I'm like, <laughs> god <it's>, damn <laughs> it, man!
0: You motherfucker. Oh, he's everything.
1: All right, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I like this chapter.
0: Um, let's move on to one piece to finish things up. Uh so it looks like it's the conclusion of the Big Mom flashback. Last time we learned about how she was a troubled child because of how big-hearted she is. Uh didn't have a lot of restraint and ended up causing a tremendous uh, amount of chaos in the Land of the Giants uh, in Elbaf because um she really really likes Soma. Yeah. And, uh, the chapter ended with one of the, uh, Longbeards, um, realizing, hey, maybe I should kill this thing, and trying to, and this chapter opens up with her backhanding the sword, snapping it in half, and then grabbing him by the beard and fucking throwing him to the ground. That's Well, shit!
1: That's a pretty brutal shit. (laughs) Ja Rule! No!
0: (laughs) While going, give me Selma! (laughs) Or Semla, sorry. Semla, yeah.
1: Uh, oh wait, no, that, sorry, that wasn't Ja Rule, that was the other one, Joe Rule. So Ja Rule's okay. <laughs> For all those people, I, I hope we didn't cause the national panic. Every, did somebody get on Twitter, hashtag Ja Rule's okay, like let's just to make sure everyone's aware of this.
0: No more hashtags.
1: If, if Ja Rule could get on Facebook and check in, like so everyone knows he's okay, he's not in danger,
0: Joe Rule was the one who got hurt. So, uh, the town is still on fire. Linlin is still going around being like, Semla! Semla, Semla, Semla! So, um... (laughs) Mother Carmel is is like, Hey, give her some Semla so that she'll fucking calm down. I'm going to take care of this. And she walks forward and appears to use Linlin's soul-giving ability because she speaks to the flames and says, I shall give you a voice. Now heed my command. And people are like, there's a face in the fire, holy shit. And she says, your name will be Pandora. Now calm yourself. And as a result of this, she's able to kind of concentrate everything into a small sun and, uh, stops the fire too. And, uh, they're like, oh wow, it's a miracle. And she's like, ah, it was the sun god who calmed this disaster. Um, everyone's still kind of like, yo, That kid's still a problem. And the other uh, bearded chief, now that Lennon has fallen asleep, wants to kill her. Because, of course he does. Yeah. Brother Carmel steps forward and says, you should have mercy. Look, and uh, the guy's like, but my companion, he's been my battle commander for 300 years, and he won't survive his wounds as a result of this. And a warrior is not defied by his years, but how he dies. This is an unforgivable crime. Mother Carmel says, Oh, but she's just a child. I can't let her just be killed. I will take her and leave this place. Um and uh Hodrigan, meanwhile, is just like Kill her! <laughs> 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 but um The chief takes pity and uh lets them leave. And yes, Jural dies uh as a result of Linlin's um Killed the fuck out of him, basically. lin apparently did not realize what she was doing, because when she wakes up later on, she's just like, huh, what happened? Ah, okay. Time goes by. We get a lot of exposition explaining that uh, Mother Carmel s- basically started up somewhere else in a new land, which some people have been pointing out uh looks a lot like Whole Cake Island or parts of it that we've seen before, like the hills in the background in oh. particular. Um things seem to get back to normal. We cut to Mother Carmel in meeting with someone, and uh she's like Ah, these kids got so slaves.
1: You're like, ooh. Wow. She's evil.
0: That kinda of came quickly. Quite a sudden reveal just like Ah oh, I can't let that giant kid die. She's too valuable. I'll make a mint off of a look at how fucking strong she is.
2: You gotta make your money.
0: Um, so there you go, and we're reintroduced to Mother Carmel, codename Mountain Hag, an orphan seller. Oh, it ain't easy playing a holy mother. I'm getting out of biz after this one. It's my last big score, and you're all gonna pay up.
2: Yay! <laughs> Teehee, what song should we sing today? da 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 Look
1: at how
2: happy the children
1: are! <laughs> Yo-ho! it's like damn i this was not something i expected <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and, and I, I i made mention of this on twitter i had talked about in regards to the pudding uh revelation that usually the style of nar- narrative i appreciate most from Oda is that he can be very unpredictable with the things. he rarely ever seems to go in the exact one direction you would expect things to traditionally go and that was part of my problem with pudding was the idea of saying, oh no, she's actually good after revealing she was evil, just seems too predictable and easy. Whereas this was absolutely the thing I was talking about, where I was like, I didn't see it being like, oh hey, actually, Caramel's evil. So, she's selling the kids. She's not a good person. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I didn't expect that. You keep me on my toes. It's, it's just that notion that you can never really get into... Like a, a, a comfortable rut with one piece. It keeps you on your toes right. and it, it helps you to enjoy things a lot more when you're constantly being like, I can't predict anything that's going to happen. So it, it helps you to enjoy things a little bit more.
0: So time passes and we get to Linlin's sixth birthday and everyone's made this tremendous cake, like one that's actually bigger than Linlin herself made of Semla and she digs into it. And, uh, we get narration saying that one day Mother Carmel simply vanished and it happened on the very best birthday that Linlin ever had. She was with her friend at the house of lambs, kids who'd been through the same hardships and her beloved kind-hearted Mother Carmel. Surrounded by all those smiles and eating her delicious sweet birthday cake, Linlin found that she couldn't stop crying. Wonderful, what a wonderful day it was. She couldn't even see through her tears. What a truly wonderful birthday. Eventually, And then finishes up eating her cake. And she's like, oh, I even chewed the table a bit.
2: Oh, that was so wonderful. I'll never forget this tape for the rest of my life.
0: Where is everybody? And everyone's just gone. Like, vanished. Completely. Yeah. Um, Vanished. Like, spirited away by the goddamn frickin' rapture. Because there are clothes that have been left behind, too. So.
1: Just to be clear, you do know what happened, right? She ate them, right? Yeah, she ate them. Like, you can see in that panel where she's saying yummy and it sees a shot of the island. The other sound effects are what? Ah! So presumably, if she eats Semla, she just goes fucking one note and she loses all sense of herself and she just fucking ate everybody. Which also is actually a pretty huge deal because this answers one question we hadn't known before. I guess if you eat a double fruit user, you get their power. Yay! <laughs> Is that what
2: Blackbeard did to Whitebeard? <laughs> oh, you go in inside his cape
1: that he did that shit in, and he was just like, <coughs> <laughs> they're like, sir, we don't have time for this. He's like, if I'm going to eat a meal, I'm going to do it right. He's like a little bib. <laughs> a little chewy. A little, can we put this back on? Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. We were supposed to do this in the course of a few seconds, Blackbeard <laughs> I so mean, we cut to the present man. after Linlin, just like, "Where did everybody go? Are you guys in the house? Where is everybody?" and then, you know, big mom and the president just like, "Where did you go, mother
1: ah! And this is you know I-, I love this chapter because this is still a sad thing. here's the thing. I- we don't have any indication that big mom is actually aware of like what she's done. We truly do yeah. think that she believes that she had the most wonderful birthday because she was surrounded by all of her friends and they gave her these delicious treats and she was so happy to have them. Yeah. She lost a little bit of control, but you know, she's just like, Oh man, I love this food. And I love being surrounded by all of you. Thanks so much, everybody. Holy shit. Where is everybody? And, it kind of went into to explain, like last week, like they put the a chapter end is like she's not a child, she's a god of destruction. And it again it, it falls into this notion that yeah, she does have a real problem with uh control. Like when she wants food, she fucking wants it. But it still is also that thing where deep down there did seem to be a very good child here. And she just continues to kind of get left behind and betrayed by people. Her family left her behind because she was too destructive. Uh, Mother Caramel, even though she doesn't know it, didn't actually really like her. It was just trying to sell her to be a weapon by the cipher pole.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: the giants disowned who could, her.
0: Well, who could fucking love someone who will eat you alive, honestly? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: you know, it, it's, it's just one of those things. And in, in this moment, she thinks that she was abandoned by her entire family and Mother Caramel, who she saw as the only person who truly understood her. And it's, it's very sad. I, I, at this point, I'm like, this is one of the more interesting kind of character things. Cause it's, it's not so cut and dry that I'm like, mom's a, a wholly sympathetic figure. But it is enough that I'm not like, looking at her and they didn't just give her an evil thing. Cause it, like, Doflamingo had a little bit of like a, a backstory that gave you a bit more understanding the way he is. But he was still an entitled shitty kid, basically. <laughs> like, he was still kind of a dick. Whereas with Big Mom, you could at least look at her and you're like, there's a very sad tone to this story that I don't know how you really solve it, cause this kid, when it, she gets into like an eating fit, just loses everything. <laughs> she just, she, she loses all focus. But still, it's, it's like, you, you kind of feel bad for her too, because she, she doesn't mean to. She's not intentionally eating her family. Yeah. I, I, I felt this went a huge way towards making Big Mom a much more interesting character to me, because prior to this, I was kind of like, man, let's get out of Whole Cake Island and let's move on, cause I'm not, too digging it, but now now I'm of the point where I'm like, let's continue on here and now I really, really want for the actual conclusion to this pudding shit to be Big Mom and her having some kind of like, uh, reconciliation with one another. That to me would be huge, because that would kind of give a full circle to all this, that Big Mom, after being abandoned, you know, actually comes to understand one of her own kids better and, and, you know, makes amends. I don't know if it'll happen, it's just like Big thing, but I'm like, if that's the end goal of all this pudding stuff was, was to kind of get to that, I think that's going to be
0: hugely worth it. We're going to find out later it was completely something else that actually caused the advantage or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I'm just like, no, actually, they were all screaming because the lion ate them. She was
0: just dumb and she didn't see it. It was that id ego and super ego that spirited them away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The wrongness. <laughs> All the wrongness of these long, elaborate, like, explanations that we give. <laughs> well, it's un- well, this was not a very long, elaborate explanation. It's just like, it kind of seems like she ate them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I spent, like, 20 minutes being like, how beautiful the story this is. And it's just like, actually, no, they just fucking left. And she's dumb and didn't see it.
0: I know i th- I feel like this this entire flashback has only done t- seem to uh gone to justify what a horrifying uh creature Linlin is and how dangerous she is
1: and, and that's true that that absolutely is true but at the same time it, it, it's a different level to it when you could tell that as a kid she wasn't vindictive and evil she was maybe selfish because she wanted a lot of food but it seems genuine when she's sitting there saying, thanks guys so much. This has been the most beautiful birthday ever. I'll never forget it. This is so great. Like that to me is such a like fun, beautiful, innocent moment. And it's, it does change the character of Lynn a little bit.
0: Hmm. Well, we'll see. But uh, for now, that is uh, going to do it for a weekly manga recap. So thanks guys for joining us for the show. Uh, we will return next week. Hopefully with Death Note, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, more manga to talk about. So that is going to do it. We yes. are Roller of Time and Roller of C. You can follow us at Twitter, uh, with those Twitter handles. And of course you can also follow at More Podcast. Are you doing a Rob Fan Dam thing? Yeah,
1: now I'm doing the NWO. I'm, nice. um, uh, Team 3D. Um, I can't do the current angle. I'd have to spin around a lot, but just imagine Dun, I went all the way around. Yeah. And then, uh, well, it's the rock. And, uh, Stone Cold he did like his little finger fucking thing when he fell down. Uh, woo! Ah, I'm done. I'm out of them now.
0: You're, you're out of them. Oh, you, hon- you. That's Hulk again. <laughs> I, I can Hulk a maniac. I can't, I can't stop. The biggest <laughs> dork. Alright, so. <laughs> Thank you for watching us here on smashcast.tv slash and Twitch, ca- uh, Twitch. sorry, just twitch.tv slash We record the show Wednesdays normally at 7 p.m. Eastern standard time, though sometimes we do need to change things up. So make sure to give us a follow so that you can stay updated on that stuff. And of course, that way you'll also be able to catch whatever weird gif that Chris starts the show with. Yes. Also check out our, our past episodes on weeklymogarecap.podbean.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes and YouTube and make sure to leave a comment or rating so that you can help us beat the woodworkers in the hobby section. Yes, it is greatly appreciated. Uh,
1: by the way, uh, we, 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 always try to shout out anybody who sends them over. I, I do need to, if anyone knows a way for me to go to the UK store to read that, I would like to. I know we have plenty of people from outside of America who, who have given us ratings. I just can't see them from the US store. Mm-hmm. But also, I, I, I believe that our, our, our rating number went up. Um, but I didn't see a comment for it. So that's the only way I'm actually able to tell if somebody left a, a review is to, to note if somebody put a comment there. I may be doing this wrong. So very well put that in there. Uh, but yeah. Uh,
0: feedback questions, suggestions for future manga can go to weekly recap at yahoo.com. And a uh, special thanks as well to our Patreon supporters. Your support lets us create all sorts of bonus content for you guys to enjoy. Yes. A special thanks to
1: Lucas IBster, Maline, Sunby, Holt, and No Quarter for being our newest patrons. Thank you very much, guys. Oh, that was, that was off kilter. There we go. Boom. Thank you. And, uh, by the way, uh, we try to announce it when we can. Uh, we picked what our new, uh, bonus pod for this month's going to be. We're going to be doing the series again, uh, dot, dot, dot as explained by manga. But this time, I'm going to be splitting Lost to Nick as explained through manga. And I can tell you already, this is going to be an a, a interesting episode, even if you don't care about Lost, and I would advise you listen to it, cause I watched an episode of Lost to like, kind of like do a little research for it, and I got way too emotionally invested on it again. I, I'm not gonna say what happened, but I will say tears were shed way more than they should have. I, I found out I still have way too much of a connection to the show, so this is gonna be a really fun episode regardless. If Dick shits on it even slightly, I might cry in the episode.
0: <laughs> How am I gonna shit on it? <laughs> I don't know. I guess you'll well, explain. I guess you'll explain to me what happens. I yeah. might say that sounds stupid, but
1: yeah, no, it, it's it's. I think it's going to be a really fun episode. Check that out if you want to listen to it. Just become a bonus patron during the month of June, and you will get a copy of it. Mm-hmm. We'll probably have it out later at the end of the month. Yeah.
0: And of course, finally, thank you to the guys who help make the podcast. with well, Steve Manor, Kyle artist and Infamous Planet, who uh, is back to making visual editions, I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's gonna do it. Uh we have to do our MVPs still. Shit! I always forget something. You're right. <laughs> favorite series and MVPs. bra Uh,
1: I will say my favorite series this week was One Piece. I thought One Piece had a really great chapter. I like the the way this flashback went. Twists
0: and turns. Very cool. <laughs> uh let me think about this. Oh, for just a second. Uh
1: no, I'll just go on and say that in turn, my yeah, sure. m- my m- character MVP was also then Big Mom for this week as well. I think. Oh, okay. She was. Uh, I I like this revelation. I'm I'm really excited for where it's taking her, and I'm I'm far more interested in the character Big Mom now than I was way before this. So, good shit.
0: Thinking about, it, I'm going to go with My Hero Academia for uh, my series because I really like this stuff. Uh, the, the insight into Sun Eater and the origin of his name, which I think is really cool. Uh, I like the way that, uh, the abilities are kinda going up off of each other in this chapter. And, uh, my favorite character, uh, I am going to go with, shit, I had it just a second ago. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> 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 oh, I had it. Well, fucking who is it? There is Sun Eater, uh, oh, Senku. God damn it. Uh What series were they from? I don't fucking remember. <laughs> uh, I just completely... but Oh, fake... Fake... No wonder, because we don't know his real name. Fake oh, Lug- Zerx
1: Okay. There you
0: go. Fake Zerx. That's what... That's why I didn't get it is because it's like, what's his fucking name? Did he didn't give it out! <laughs> <laughs> so that's it.
1: All right. Well, that's going to do it, I think.
0: I think we're... Yeah, that's it, because I did all the... I've uh, gotten so unprofessional
1: sometimes. Uh, we're the, the the pinnacle. This is what yeah, I deserve
0: for here. criticizing Delicious in Dungeon so heavily.
1: <laughs> oh Nick, it looks like you have a, a new comment on that article. It's from the King of the Clover Kingdom. Delicious
2: in Dungeon is a fantastic series. It includes t building elements. <laughs> That's it.